Welcome to the Heroic Hour podcast, and thank you so much for tuning in to episode four. I'm your host, Nicholas McGill, Chief Experience Officer for Heroic Media, and I'm going to share a little bit of technology, leadership, and culture, some Heroic TLC to help you get mission ready for life. If you like what you hear on this and other episodes, please do me a favor and subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend, as well as check out our website at getheroic.com. That's spelled G-E-T-H-E-R-O-I-K.com. Now, in the last few episodes, we've been working through the theme that heroes aren't born, they're made, and made is an acronym to help us remember four core heroic values of mastery, abundance, discernment, and exploration. And the last episode of discernment was a doozy. It was a long one. This one's going to be short and sweet. The previous episodes that helped you cultivate mastery, abundance, and discernment have paved the way for you to confidently explore the new and unfamiliar, which is a key to growth and the topic of today's episode. So if you love adventure, you're in for a treat. Let's get started. So far in past episodes, we've talked about mastery and how to pay attention to where you're pouring your tea, your time, energy, and attention how to reverse engineer your goals, and commit to a personal roadmap and a daily practice that works for you. We've also talked about the abundance of opportunities and how to look beyond the visible supply to cultivate the attitudes and practices to ensure you notice and leverage more of those opportunities. And we also talked about the importance of discernment, which allows you to think critically and filter down to the great and leave the rest. It helps you determine the vital and the essential, And in each episode along the way, we talked about the heroic golden rule, which states to cultivate that which serves you and hit the eject button on that which does not. And now we get to talk about exploration. And exploration is really the action of traveling in or through unfamiliar territory. Exploration happens when we think of all of the what ifs and begin to take action. We pursue the upside of all of those what ifs. Usually, our reptilian brains stop us from thinking, uh, from taking risks in the first place. And, and that reptilian part of the brain tells us that it's better to go with what we know. But the reality is, on any given day, you deal with a lot of uncertainty, a lot of unknowns, no matter what your job is. You deal with a lot of what-ifs that you regularly are ignoring in order to feel safe and comfortable but it's a false sense of security in, in a life that you know might not be giving you all that you want at the moment. Because the reality is, on your way to work, you could get in a car wreck or, or get hit by a bus uh, walking across the street at, at any time. Statistically, this is more likely, right? Uh, you could get fired from your job or downsized, right-sized, outsourced, outsized, or whatever they're calling it these days. Or, you know, you could take a 20% pay cut and have Fridays off and find, you know, find yourself in a position where you suddenly have to come up with, you know, more money. And this happens often, especially uh, in these economic times. Now, you could also live a boring, soul-crushing, unfulfilled life that has you restless, seeking therapy, medication, and, and you feel like you're running like a hamster. And, a, and uh, when you're not in a hamster wheel, you're, you're in a rat race, right? You're in the maze. And when you're not in the, the uh, traditional rat race, 
it feels different than the status quo. Now you could also, you know, if you imagine it this way, if you, if you were to go swimming in the ocean, it's possible that you could get eaten by a shark, right? But if that fear is what keeps you from taking a vacation and going swimming on the beach, you're doing the math wrong because it's far riskier what you're doing every day when you drive to work, far riskier. We don't like to think like that. We, we prefer to avoid risks altogether in favor of a guarantee, right? We like to believe that, that there is some guarantee or some payout in uh, the prescribed way of living. We like to believe in the fairy tale guarantee like, oh, just keep your head down, work hard, it'll all pay off in the end. And if anything, the big crash of 2008 and all the economic activity and innovation, the good, the bad, and the ugly since should convince you of at least one thing, that there is no guarantee. And for many, there never was. And for many, there's not really a fair chance that you're going to hit it big and reach the great life by following the prescribed path and following the rules of yesterday. You know, the pension plans, all the perks and, and things that other people got to enjoy, it's a new market, it's a new scenario today, and there is no guarantee. And to all you corporate pros who were pushed out of the game by the big crash, you probably know this better than most, and I hope you learn from it. And so if you think you know, you're playing it safe by taking that prescribed path, I think you're not uh, fessing up to the real risks of the current way that uh, you're doing business. So there is no way to really account or cover for all of life's what-ifs. And when you think about it, we are way more vulnerable than we care to admit. There's plenty of, of risk in the business as usual plan that, you know, that we don't like to think about, but we should because it can help give us perspective you know, when we care, compare it to other things we think of as risky, adventurous, or exploratory. And on the upside in the land of what-ifs, what if you found a way to increase the amount of joy and fulfillment in your life? What if you discovered that you really love doing something else? What if you increased your quality of life by just 10%? You know, what if you increased your revenue by 10%? And to me, all of these what-ifs, these upside what-ifs, are they're all part of the ROI, the return on investment of exploration. And this is why I do it. I take measured risks, I pack a parachute, and I get excited and I enjoy the ride. It doesn't always work out in my favor. Sometimes I have to pull the ripcord but I've found ways to mitigate risks and to have a soft landing and a recovery plan. Now, what if you had a parachute and a way to land softly no matter what you did or what you tried? What would you explore if you could have that, that soft landing? So I'm going to guide you through the things that I do to preserve the heroic and adventurous spirit and mitigate the risks and ensure that I still can come home, pay the bills, and help provide for my family. So whether you're an entrepreneur planning to start a business or thinking of a great adventure you want to go on, these tips will help provide you with the mindset and the means to make it work financially and mentally so that you can enjoy the ride. It really comes down to uh, planning for the contingencies and, and risk mitigation and having a recovery plan. Because the major what if is what if whatever you're doing uh, you completely fail at or suck at. This is usually the realistic worst case scenario. And uh, I want to increase your chances of long-term success and resiliency by sharing some tools and techniques that I use. Now, I may take risks. I try to measure them as best I can. But 
bear this in mind, I too have a family to care for, so I, I have to be smart about them. I develop a game plan to create and engineer a no-lose no scenario. You may have heard of the no-win scenario, or if you're a Star Trek fan, you can remember the Kobayashi Maru, the famous training exercise for which there was no known path to victory until, of course, you know, Captain Kirk came in, hacked, hacked the scenario bit to make it possible. I prefer in, in engineering a no-lose scenario, even if as just a personal parachute to myself. This can be a simple exercise of personal contingency planning where you know exactly what you'll do to make ends meet and upcycle any result of your exploration uh, or endeavor, even if it all goes horribly wrong. So here are some heroic secrets to creating a no-lose scenario. Whatever you're thinking about doing, whatever you're thinking about exploring, you need to be willing to and plan for, plan to document the entire journey. Take pictures, record videos, write journals, blog about it, capture the journey. This is super critical. Write the story as you go. You might not have the runway, the funds, or the time, or, or the clear mind later on to write the story. But you need to develop the habit of telling the story as you go, if for no other reason than as an insurance policy in, in the future. This has to become part of your day job. In, in your exploration, whatever it is you're exploring, even if it just feels like a hobby. You know, if you're unwilling to do this, I question your resolve because this can save your bacon. Newsflash, stories are important, stories sell, right? Your ability to tell the story about what you're exploring is what gets the venture funded. It, what gets it, That's what gets people excited. You don't have to wait for a successful outcome or, or the successful conclusion to start telling the story. You can attract attention now. You can attract attention to your cause, your ambition, your aspirations, your goals. These all these act as, as a success multiplier and a safety net. That's huge. The story is a success multiplier and a safety net. You've built an audience on a worthy endeavor around this endeavor that you can cash in on no matter what. This helps you attract and, and support and build a team and as well as advisors who can help you on the journey along the way. This attracts attention to help you build an audience. It can attract other resources and even funding from for your venture. Still in this day in 2016, you can do it now. There's people who will fund you for being, you know, an awesome storyteller and having a worthy cause. After all, that's all Kickstarter is. It's it's a glorified pre-sales -sale, storytelling platform, right? That's usually describes the uh uh, the best case scenario. So storytelling is important. And so is studying the methods the, and finding better methods and the means of being a better storyteller and all of the models uh, involved in that. So what am I talking about there? I'm talking about the communication skills, right? Speaking, you know, the ability to get on audio and do horribly edited podcasts with pops and beeps and blurbs and screw-ups. It's okay. Keep going. I'm talking about visual communication, the ability to draw, paint, sketch, act, even stick figures. Be present in that storytelling uh, experience, right? Create slide decks, photos, videos, animations, you know, explainers, data visualizations, infographics, and of course, the thing most people hate the most, writing, right? Copywriting. 
culture building, inspiring and motivating others with writing, inspiring and motivating yourself with writing. These are all elements that are part of powerful storytelling that can save your bacon and, and help uh, you recover or, or repair or pivot if need be on any journey you may go down. Now, you know, let me tell you a story. Uh, you know, earlier on in my career, I was not as employed as I wanted to be, meaning I didn't have enough clients to really make the grade. I was getting ready for a trip and a break vacation to go to Alaska, and I was blogging all about it. I was creating ridiculous, outdoorsy, adventurous blogs about bear grills and facing off with grizzlies and the, and the Alaska trip I was going on. This actually let somebody saw my blog, invited me in for an interview, and it led me from one uh, gig to another that led me, I found myself in the innovation lab at Yahoo. How cool is that, right? Storytelling matters. It's powerful. Companies care about this. The economy cares about this. And most people fail to take that step when, when they're exploring whatever it is. They don't think to write the story until it's too late, and then they don't have the runway, meaning the, the, the available funds, the time, energy, attention, and money to sit back and, and write the story. So get cracking now. If you've got the technical media skills and you learn how to tell the story, this can save your bacon regardless of if you succeed or fail in whatever it is you're exploring. You can build an audience now based on what you're doing. If no one's interested in what you're doing, that might be something to, to consider and reflect on as well. Maybe you haven't shared the implications. Maybe they don't have trust and faith that you'll see it through. Maybe you're not putting all the effort into it that you should have. You should think about it and decide what the appropriate way uh, to address it would be. Don't ignore it though, right? The goal of all the storytelling is to be in a good position to sell the story no matter how it turns out. Plan to document the story well so that the documentary, the, the lessons learned, the behind-the-scenes story, the making of will help fund current, past, future expeditions and explorations into all aspects of your life. The story is always part of the path and production of, of exploration. All explorers have used it to fund their expeditions in some way, shape, or another. It's an essential product model of exploration. Think about how you will sell the story and who you will sell it to. Think about this in advance before you begin. So that media model of storytelling, audience building, it, this acts as a parachute in and of itself. Pack your chute now and plan it out. This will save your life and lead to even better opportunities. It has for me, um, and you don't have to be perfect at it. Let go of that notion, right? All right, number two, any lessons learned along the way and whatever you're endeavoring to do, these are lessons that can be taught to others. Look for lessons along the way, document them well, and you can create courses, talks, products, and help others learn and avoid any mistakes you might, might have made along the way. This helps you for you know, future business models. You can, you can address any issues with improvements for your own future business models as, as well. Think about some courses and lessons you can give from your experience or what you might likely run into and figure out how to conquer before you go exploring. There are many different turnkey courseware solutions out there like Udemy and Sensei and, and a million platforms to, to teach from and share the story with, right? Number three. Don't go it alone. Assemble a hearty team. You can increase your likelihood of success if you have a team or at least have a personal advisory board and guides to help you along the way. Along with developing the story, creating that platform, a, a dedicated focus space for you to rally the team can serve you well. 
For some, this involves creating it from scratch, or and, and for others, it, it might mean attending the, the watering hole favored among your fellow explorers, right? Uh, for example, uh, the Heroic Insider Group is a perfect example of this, right? It's an exclusive, non-solicitous, collaborative space for people who want to share ideas, connect, vet, and think up solutions and work together. You can find information on that on our website over at getheroic.com. That's heroic with a K, uh, by the way. But, you know, when I start a project or work with a company, I think back to the days when I was a kid and, and I would build a tree fort or consider doing anything like that. And I look at the people who I might want to have involved and I ask, hey, you know, do you want to come help build the fort? And I look in the client organization and I ask the same thing. And, the, and when the hands shoot up and the volunteers shoot up, those are the guys you include and give all the glory to and they get all the free membership uh, uh, and, and all the accolades with. It only goes, the fortune and glory only goes to those who helped build it and, and those who brought value. Now, these days in the grown-up world, you know, there's a lot of people who will be enthusiastic and excited about your endeavor and they say they want to be involved, but when you ask them to join you or really get their hands dirty and help build it, many of them disappear, don't return the phone calls, don't respond to the emails, etc. right? Most of them, they don't want to, uh, they, they don't want to walk through the brick walls. They don't want to charge through the brick walls. They want to wait for you to go through them first. They want you to take all the hits. And after you do all the hard work of busting through them, then they want to share the credit. There's a lot of coattail writers out there. They just want to share the spoils, but they don't want to share in the hard work. To me, this is a majority of people. That's right, a majority. This is like 98% of the people you you're going to talk to about your project. But don't write them off yet. Because you know what we call them? They're potential customers. That's right. You send them updated newsletters on how the development is going. You tell them all the stories, you know, stories from the front lines. Warm them up as things come into place. And then when it comes time to ship or launch, you ask them if they want to be the first on board. You ask them then if they'd like to become a part of it. And if they do, if they say yes, they're of course going to have to pay for their right on the seat. They might get a discounted price, but, you know, they weren't there to do the work or help you build that fort, right? Equity, treasure, the meat and spoils of exploration go first and foremost to those doing the work. So, um, you know, there is the Shackleton test when it comes to assembling the team. And, and Ernest Shackleton, famous explorer, uh, famous misadventurer, you know, he went down to the South Pole. It didn't go his way. It, he, he came back and he got all of his crew back. Everybody survived except for the dogs and cats. It's kind of a sad tough, gritty story. But before he left, he threw out this ad that is still of good use today. We use this in our innovation lab to vet candidates for an innovation lab. Um, basically, it said this, men wanted for hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and rec recognition in case of success. That's the ad. Now, the only those who are confident in their abilities are going to stick around or or call on that ad, right? Those who were looking for the easy button to building wealth and fame, uh, those posers and entrepreneurs and uh, those coattail writers, they can get on your mailing list. But if you created an ad or or posed the story that way um, at the beginning when you're trying to to build that team, if you created an ad that described uh, just the endless uh, riches and free beer and bacon and donuts, you get plenty of people to show up, but very few actually end up joining you on the journey and adding value to it. Be mindful as you as you tell the story to attract the team, right? 
Okay, let's recap so that I can really anchor these ideas with you. So um, number one, tell the story early before you start, as you start and as you go. You can sell the story later on. You can use it to get support now and, and you can use it to build an audience now. But this helps you answer uh, a fundamental brand question as well, which is what are you exploring, right? And, and answering that question makes for a far more interesting conversation that attracts far more interesting people. What are you exploring? Tell me that story, right? All right, the number two big point there was learn the skills and, and master these media and storytelling, storytelling skills. These are really important. This allows you to build the story into an experiential product that you can, you can use this to fundraise uh, in the near term or as a recovery business model if it fails or as a gateway model to the next gig to say, here's what I've done before. Here's what we tried. This is where it went wrong, but I'm experienced in this, that, and the other thing. And you can be a part of somebody else's crew and recover that way quickly. This is how it is a parachute for you. This is how it's a recovery plan. This helps you address the risks and contingencies. Now, uh, number three, think about the lessons you already know you're going to have to learn and, and the things you're going to have to address or conquer along the way because you can turn this uh, into a courseware pivot, into a consulting pivot, or augment your current uh, um, models uh, by creating uh, courses and things around this, informational products around the lessons learned itself. And that's a little bit different than the story itself because the story can be entertaining, but this is really about lessons learned and, and preventing uh, folly for others, right? All right, number four, don't go it alone. Get advisors, get guides. Uh, and and uh, also, you know, kind of into number five is, is you want to build a... Uh, a no, you know, you want to build a robust team of gritty doers. And to do that, you don't sugarcoat uh, the pitch for them. You want to be honest to attract the team with the skills and the grit to make it successful. And, you know, when it comes to advisors and guides, you should have a personal advisory board with you, right? You, sh you should have people you can get on the phone and ask for advice, not egotistical, unsolicited uh, non-contextually relevant advice, but but good advice. Look for those people. Uh, tell that story. Be honest about, about things. Don't sugarcoat it. And I think you'll attract those people. Exploration is not about one journey. It's about many. It's about many stories unfolding at once. There's the journey you think you're on and where you think you'll hope it, and hope it will take you. And then there are all the forks and subplots and that become priorities and pivots at any given moment, right? If you're ready, if you can apply uh, the heroic habits of mastery, abundance, discernment, and, and the attitudes of exploration, you can become mission ready for life and you can become heroic in your own, in your own right. You know, so boldly exploring the ever expanding space of technology, leadership, and culture together I hope you'll consider me on your advisory board, on, on your team, so that through designing a, a better lens for this human experience, you know, we'll breathe life into new insights, new products, new industries, and identify new opportunities together that help us, uh, help to advance us and foster meaningful connections with others. This is the, really the heroic spirit. This is the spirit of exploration. I hope you found this helpful. I hope this finds you well, and it's time to rock out. Let's enjoy that killer music.
Now, you might be wondering, why the heck do I play that music so much? And, and the reality is, is quite simply, I think we need the energy. I think more people need to have their spirits uplifted. Uh, to me, it's a, great, it's a great way to get psyched about our day, about our lives. And so, you know, welcome to this brief little after-party moment. Uh, but, you know, to those that it ticks off that I play so much music at the end of these podcasts, you know, I, I hope you find it in the good spirit that I that I mean it. I want you to get psyched. You're out at the gym or you're on your commute. Be happy, man. Take advantage of some opportunities. Get out there. Woman up. Do whatever you need to do. But, you know, get heroic in your life. Enjoy some more of this music.